0: Is free agent third baseman Matt Chapman destined to be Evan Longoria 2.0? Welcome into another edition of the Kerry Crowley Show, talking all things Giants baseball. And today, we look at the Giants' rumored pursuit of of Matt Chapman and how it compares to their December 2017 trade for former Tampa Bay Rays all-star Evan Longoria. So let's get right into it and break down the potential fit for the San Francisco Giants. Matt Chapman, 31 years older, going into his age 31 season, a four-time Gold Glove Award winner, has made all-star teams in the past, coming off of a year, a two-year stint, ...with the Toronto Blue Jays. He formerly played for new Giants manager Bob Melvin. Giants assistant coach Matt Williams has talked up Chapman... ...and the interest appears to be mutual on the free agent market. The Giants are rumored to be looking for athletic upgrades... ...who can help their lineup and help their defense. Matt Chapman fits... In that regard, much the way back in 2017, after a 98-loss season, a Giants team that wanted to engineer a turnaround in 2018 turned to the trade market to acquire Evan Longoria, and Andrew McCutcheon. And the parallels between Chapman and Longoria are striking, and that should give Giants fans some pause. So let's get right into this and break down the potential deal for Chapman and look back at the deal that they made to acquire Evan Longoria from the Tampa Bay Rays. So back in 2017, the Giants traded for Longoria, who still had five years and about $82 $82 million left on his contract at the time of the trade that the Giants made. The Rays agreed to pick up about $12 million total, leaving the Giants with five years and $70 million left on that Longoria deal. So at the time, Longoria was entering his age 32 season, a year older than Matt Chapman is right now as he enters free agency for the first time. Longoria was a three-time All-Star and a three-time Gold Glove Award winner coming off of a Gold Glove season in 2017. But he had not made an all-star team since 2010, and he had posted four consecutive seasons of an on-base percentage below 330 at the time the Giants traded for him. So the motivation for the t- for the trade at the time was relatively clear. The Giants needed to rebound after a horrendous 2017 season. Brian Sabian and Bobby Evans really felt like the Giants' core of Buster Posey, Madison Bumgarner, Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt deserved one more shot at the playoffs before breaking them up, and they felt that acquiring Longoria, acquiring McCutcheon, and staying under the luxury tax threshold, which was an important thing for ownership at the time, was the best way to do that. Of course, I think we can all look back on that situation and recognize that staying under the luxury tax threshold was the Giants' biggest mistake. If they were ever going to recover from a just horrendous 2017 season, they would have needed to spend a lot more money to bounce back from that 98 loss campaign. And so they tried to fit the needle. They tried to thread the needle with Longoria, who was only going to cost about an average annual value of 12 to $13 million. They tried to acquire Andrew McCutcheon, who was entering his final year of his deal with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And in acquiring McCutcheon, the Giants made one of the worst trades in franchise history, sending future all-star Brian Reynolds to Pittsburgh. Reynolds, of course, would later sign a hundred plus million dollar extension with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's represented them on all-star teams. And what have the Giants failed to do since Chili Davis back in what, 1984? We're going on four decades now of the Giants failing to produce a homegrown all-star outfielder. So all of that is to say one of the worst off seasons the Giants have had in recent memory was their post-2017 season when the front office was feeling the pressure much like it is now after missing the playoffs for the second consecutive season. And one of the two worst moves that the Giants made was acquiring Longoria, and not because Longoria wasn't helpful or didn't provide stability, the deal just didn't necessarily make sense when you consider that he was past his prime, his skills had suggested that he was on the decline, and he was someone who would ultimately become, the Giants wouldn't know this at the time, but an injury liability because Longoria entering that trade had had a long track record of durability with the Tampa Bay Rays. I think he played something like 140 plus games in the prior, you know, eight or nine seasons. He was one of the most consistent players in Major League Baseball from that standpoint. But the Giants got a different version of Evan Longoria, and they could potentially get a different version of Matt Chapman. So the downside to potentially signing Matt Chapman, which we'll get into later on, is you're potentially, you know, acquiring someone much like Evan Longoria, who could be past his prime, who could become, even though he's been durable, an injury liability in his 30s, And you could be blocking Casey Schmidt if you don't let him develop as your everyday third baseman. But the challenge for the Giants, they're facing pressure, they've got a disengaged fan base, and they desperately want to be relevant in a division where the Dodgers have claimed every headline this offseason, and rightfully so, for signing Shohei Otani, trading for Tyler Glass now, and signing Yoshinobu Yamamoto. So, What can the Giants do? They figure they can get more athletic, they figure they can improve their defense, and they figure that potentially a gamble on Matt Chapman could be worth taking because he would provide more certainty over the next two, three, four seasons than say a Casey Schmidt or sticking with J.D. Davis who's in his final year of arbitration eligibility and has never proven over a consistent period of time at the big league level that he can string back-to-back good seasons along. So Matt Chapman. Here's the rundown on him. Age 31 season, has four gold gloves, but is in the midst of an all-star drought, much like Longoria was when he came to San Francisco, that has existed since 2019. That was the last time that Matt Chapman made an all-star team. He's also a Scott Boris client who is seeking a reported nine-figure contract, which would force the Giants to probably go outside their comfort zone and go against their ethos of not giving players in their 30s long-term deals. But The Giants, again, feel like they're in a position where they must be aggressive on the open market this offseason. It is antithetical to what Farhan Zaidi has done in San Francisco, but again, this is a Giants team that's feeling the pressure and could make moves that are out of the ordinary. Ordinary. So let's look at what that contract for Matt Chapman could look like a deal in the five to six year range. I've seen estimates anywhere from 100 to 150 million dollars. So let's say it just you know throwing this out there six years 130 million dollars for Matt Chapman that would bring you an average annual value on the contract right around 22 million dollars which would rank fifth among major league third basemen right ahead of atlanta brave star austin riley who signed an extension with that organization and is scheduled to make 21.22 million on an average annual basis over the course of that contract so like Longoria, Chapman's hallmark is his durability and his defense. When the Giants acquired Evan Longoria from the Tampa Bay Rays, they touted those two things. He's always in the lineup, and you can always depend on his defense. But like Longoria, the offensive numbers are... Matt Chapman in recent seasons provide cause for concern. He hasn't posted an on-base percentage above 330 in the last four seasons, and his OPS, on-base plus slugging, was only 8% above league average a year ago. You compare that to J.D. Davis, I believe he was 3% above league average for someone who's going to cost you significantly less than Matt Chapman. So, The Giants might believe that getting Chapman out of that dome in Toronto, the Rogers Center, could lead to better performance. But you remember, they also believe the same thing about Evan Longoria. Playing on that turf field, Tropicana Field, takes a toll on your body, and you tend to wear down. No, Chapman did not play on a turf field for his entire career like Evan Longoria did, but he did for the most recent seasons. He did in his prime, and that's an important factor to consider when you're thinking about future injuries And the future ability of a guy you're paying 20 plus million dollars annually to to stay on the field. And so, The Giants thought that about Evan Longoria. He ultimately never played in more than 129 games in any of his five seasons in San Francisco, and he finished with an OPS that was three percent above league average, despite consistently producing OPSs in Tampa Bay that were 20 to 30 percent above league average. Now, you remember in 2017, Longoria was right around league average. I think it was one percent below at the time, a 99 OPS plus. But again, the name of the game is getting on base and. the ball, and particularly for a San Francisco Giants lineup that struggled mightily during the second half of the season. They must get on base, and they must hit for more power, and Matt Chapman doesn't necessarily represent the ability to get on base consistently, and he is not a bet to hit 25 to 30 home runs on an annual basis moving forward. So, The challenge for the Giants now is to calculate whether Chapman, who's been worth at least three wins above replacement in every full major league season he's played, would be any different than Evan Longoria, who prior to arriving in San Francisco was consistently throughout his career worth at least 3 wins above replacement on an annual basis. and Let's just extrapolate that out a little bit. Say you've got an 81-win team, you add a 3-win player, you're looking at an 84-win team if you replace him, you know, relative to a replacement level player. And JD Davis again wasn't replacement level last year. I think he finished with 0.7 or 0.9 WAR, but you get the picture. Matt Chapman represents an upgrade from that statistical standpoint. And so before arriving in San Francisco, for comparison's sake, Longoria had posted at least three war in five consecutive seasons, but... In San Francisco, his five year tenure, his highest output in that statistical category, a 2.4 war in 2019. So quickly, you see his ability to impact games and impact the overall 162 game season decline with the San Francisco Giants. And again, that five year deal where the Giants paid Longoria about $70 million of their own money, he was worth about $85 million. Tampa Bay picked up some of that cost. Again, it did not pay off from a cost per dollar standpoint. However, you know, you can make the argument that Longoria provided value in the clubhouse, that he was a good veteran leader during the 2021 season when they won 107 games. But ultimately, when you look back at Evan Longoria's career, this is a guy who may get Hall of Fame votes because of his longevity, because of his standout tenure in Tampa Bay. No one is going to be thinking about his five-year tenure in San Francisco as, you know, the best years of Evan Longoria's career. In fact, they'll probably be viewed among the worst years of his major league career. So at this point, the parallels between Evan Longoria and Matt Chapman, I think I've established that they're pretty clear. You've got in 2017 and in 2023, the San Francisco Giants looking at a player who is a great defensive third baseman, or at least has been in the past, but his bat in recent years has been pretty inconsistent. And so they theoretically could look at in-house options, but in 2017, the Giants decided their best way to improve off of a 98 loss season was to go outside the organization. And I believe that you know, this off-season, with the pressure the Giants are facing, the front office and ownership, knowing that you've got to fill up Oracle Park next season, it's gonna be exceptionally challenging for the Giants to stick with one of their in-house options and legitimately tell their fans that they will be a better baseball team in 2024 than they were in 2023. So hence the idea that they might get of signing Matt Chapman. So the options that the Giants have at their disposal right now. They could stick with 31-year-old J.D. Davis, who was a fine defender. He picked things up last season after Kai Correa really coached him up, spent a lot of work with him, and Correa is now coaching in the Cleveland Guardians organization. So I don't think that you're going to get the same type of defensive production from J.D. Davis in 2024 that the Giants got. In 2023. And from an offensive standpoint, he was awful during the second half of last season. He struggled with the fastball, he struggled with breaking pitches as well, and he has not put together back to back great offensive seasons at the major league level. His best season came with the New York Mets in 2019, and it's unlikely that the Giants can anticipate JD Davis getting any better moving forward. So The other option, and I know that this is one that entices Giants fans, but this is an even riskier option, is going with Casey Schmidt as your everyday third baseman. And remember, last offseason, the Giants wanted David Villar to seize that job and look at where Villar's career is at right now. He's probably headed out of the organization this offseason. He is a depth infielder who just could not hit breaking pitches, and that ultimately forced the Giants to look elsewhere. Kind of pretty early on in the 2023 season when they knew that VR was not going to be the guy and that major league pitchers were going to exploit the hole in his game. And so you risk that if you commit to Casey Schmidt, who I think has a far higher ceiling than David VR, but in extensive opportunities during his rookie season, Schmidt proved that he was struggling against major league pitching. I think his OPS plus on base plus slugging again was 40% worse than league average. I I do think it's worth pointing out though the parallels between Casey Schmidt and someone the Giants called up back in 2011, who was also about 23, 24 years old when he made his Major League debut, and that was Brandon Crawford, who was brought up much like Schmidt because he was a great defender who the Giants assumed could eventually figure it out with his bat. In the 2011 season, Brandon Crawford, a 584 OPS. He was pretty terrible with the bat. 2023 season, Casey Schmidt, a 580 OPS. He was pretty terrible with the bat, but the Giants realized in the case of Crawford that the glove was incredibly special. The same goes for Casey Schmidt. The Giants know that his glove is enticing and that he ultimately could be the better defender over the next five years years than Matt Chapman, who has won four gold gloves at the third base position. Another parallel between Brandon Crawford and Casey Schmidt. Brandon Crawford hit quite a memorable home run in his first game with the San Francisco Giants. The grand slam off of Sean Markham in the bullpen in Milwaukee. Casey Schmidt, how about the energy that he provided the Giants in his first game in San Francisco. Home run over the left center field wall at Oracle Park. So these are both players who've had their moments at the plate as rookies. But again, the Giants needed some time for Crawford to develop at the plate, and they would also need time for Schmidt to develop at the plate. The difference, the 2012 season, the Giants had several position players who were just solid everyday forces in that lineup, and they, you know, they, they bolstered that lineup with the acquisition of Hunter Pence at the trade deadline. You look at the 2024 San Francisco Giants compared to the 2012 San Francisco Giants, do they have enough to insulate around Casey Schmidt particularly when they're trying to integrate Marco Luciano into the lineup, who may struggle in the same way that Schmidt did at the end of this season. And so when you've got Luciano, who's presumably going to be the everyday shortstop, at least that's what the organization is saying, who has just 39 major league at bats under his belt, can you really move forward with turning things over to two young players who could be hitting eighth and ninth on a pretty consistent basis in a division where you're going to have to score runs to keep up with the Dodgers? The Padres and the Diamondbacks. Again, we've all said throughout the offseason, I see it in the comments section, I say it all the time on the Kerry Crowley show that the Giants' path to getting better next year is through pitching and upgrading their defense, becoming more athletic in the field. Well, Casey Schmidt represents that athletic upgrade, but he does not represent the type of bat that Matt Chapman will bring to the San Francisco Giants in 2024. At least that's what outside projections are telling you. And so, you, th- you think about this, Casey Schmidt, cost controlled, he's under club control for the next five, six seasons, that's a pretty good value even if you're not getting someone who's giving you, you know, regular starter caliber production. Matt Chapman, you're probably overpaying to bring him to San Francisco relative to the value that he would provide with BAT even though he would provide you a lot more offensively than Casey Schmidt would in 2024. So you look at the Giants calculation right now, and you think about the different ways they can get better. Is there anyone else on the free agent market or the trade market who represents an upgrade for the Giants over, say, a Matt Chapman, who would be a more preferable option or you know, someone that they could acquire in a trade who maybe they wouldn't be inclined to keep as long as they would for Matt Chapman, who, again, will probably command a five to six Year deal somewhere in the hundred to 150 million dollar range when all is said and done. So, the reality is, the options are pretty sparse for the San Francisco Giants. They could, you know, acquire Brandon Drury from the Los Angeles Angels, who kind of plays all over the diamond, had a solid season last year. He's got a silver slugger in his back pocket. He's played for Bob Melvin before, but Drury is not necessarily what the Giants need. They've already got Schmidt in a versatile defender who can play three different positions in the infield, and Drury's bat has been inconsistent for much of his major league career, and I think his overall career wins above replacement is below four. They could go out and they could sign 39-year-old Justin Turner to a one- or a two-year deal, but again, that doesn't feel all that realistic, even though Turner has a previous relationship with Farhan Zaidi. It doesn't seem like the longtime Dodger and former Red Sox would want to spend maybe the final year of his career in San Francisco going up a a Dodgers machine. and So what else could the Giants look to pull off? Well, there's the miracle of trying to get the Houston Astros to trade away Alex Bregman, who's entering the final year of an extension with Houston where he's due $20 million. Now, Bregman would obviously cost the Giants significant capital in terms of their prospects. They would almost assuredly have to give up Schmidt or Marco Luciano to make that deal happen. But if they got Bregman under contract, and they got him in the organization, he would probably represent a better value than signing Matt Chapman, who, again, would also cost the Giants a qualifying offer compensation draft pick because the Tampa, or the Toronto Blue Jays gave Chapman the qualifying offer, and so it just creates a little bit of a conundrum. And I'm not saying that the Astros would be inclined to trade Bregman. The Giants would probably have to overwhelm them with an offer, and that's something that an organization that's trying to build its farm system up probably doesn't want to do but again you look at the three the free agents you look at the trade market he might be the hail mary option for the san francisco giants and when you consider that that's pretty far-fetched you circle back to the options at hand and that is matt chapman being the best third baseman on the market right now and casey schmidt who in the long term probably represents an upgrade over jd davis if you give him consistent bats and let him figure it out the question is How much are the Giants willing to spend and how much urgency did this front office feel to make the postseason? These are all the factors the organization is weighing right now in its rumored pursuit of Matt Chapman and in thinking about what it will do come 2024 when that opening day roster has to be set. Thanks so much for tuning into this edition of the Kerry Crowley Show. If you like what you heard, if you've got options or opinions on what the Giants should do at third base this offseason, drop your thoughts in the comment section. I'll try to respond to as many as I can. Thank you so much for watching this edition of the Kerry Crowley Show.